What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And welcome to another edition of Turn It a Punk Footnotes. I'm one of your hosts, Damien Abraham, and your other host, Chris O'Toole. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? Good. I psyched you out with that one. Yeah, it was short and sweet. I'm loving it. Really short, really sweet this week. Uh, I'm doing okay, buddy. You know, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm just uh, keeping on, keeping on. Made some fire chicken for dinner tonight. It's incredibly spicy. One day I'll have you over and I'll try and find a vegan version of it. <laughs> okay, nice. It's funny because I have the only member, uh, and this isn't very surprising, but if I'm going to relate this to your band really very quickly, I just thought about you cooking for me, and this is an idea I could never have comprehended years ago. Um, but now that you're Jonah is is the only member of your band that's ever cooked for me. What do you make you? pasta uh yeah like some kind of variation it was very good though he's an excellent cook yeah. just putting that out there but yeah so the bar is set high trust me buddy you try this fire chicken <laughs> you forget jonah's spaghettios or whatever he made you <laughs> he did not make spaghettios you forget you forget but, yeah. that chef boyardee that jonah made you yeah that michelina's microwavable pasta that jonah made you <laughs> yeah Olive Garden takeout, yeah. That Olive Garden takeout that Jonah made you. One, yeah. my big thing in fucked up is that I always wanted to go to the Olive Garden. Like that was like a thing for like three years. I wanted to go to the Olive Garden, and then finally yeah. one day it like worked out that we were like had a day off and we were like, oh, let's go to the fucking Olive Garden. So we went to the Olive Garden, and Jonah ordered like, you know, you go to that restaurant, you stick to the you, you stick to the basics, right? Jonah for some reason orders like some fucking seafood pasta thing. And he got yeah. like deathly ill the next day. Wow. Well, yeah, it, seafood's a bad. It's a bad news. <laughs> I remember picking up one of his noodles from his past, and he's like, "I got like a weird cinnamon flavored noodle in my dish." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't eat it. Does not sound good. Don't eat it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that does not sound right. No. Yeah. <laughs> I still want but to. But anyway, back. we digressed really quickly. So we maybe students back on course. Get your plugs in. What do we got to uh, do here? Uh, you can, uh, if you want to support this show, you could do so by subscribing to it and telling all your friends and rating it on your platform of choice. And that's that's the best way to do it. Uh, thanks to Vans for all the love and support for this podcast as well. Uh, also, Chris seventy seven Fest going to be doing some live podcasts for there. Uh, as well, let's find out more information about that festival and stuff on Turn It a Punk this week. We're going to be talking a lot about it because Spike from Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, who are playing 77 in Montreal, will be on the show. And that's it. Find me on social media at Left for Damien. Uh, and then Chris, uh, that's it. That's it for me. Uh, how do they get in touch with us here at this show? So to reach us here, it's turned out a punk footnotes at gmail.com. And now we are uh, plugged in. We are plugged up, yeah. as they say. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we've, we've made sure that everyone's plugged in and has been given the plugs. Yep. As it were. Uh, you had, uh, off the top, just really quickly, because I don't know if you, you wanted to elaborate, but we haven't talked about record scores in a minute, if you want to get into that for for a little opener. Oh, we can talk about some record stuff. I haven't been buying too, too much lately. I did buy three LPs today. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, but that's, I think, I'm trying to think if I bought anything else in the last few weeks. No, I think that's I hadn't it. bought anything in a week. to the program and perhaps are aware of the theme music to the program in specific. But I secured a second <laughs> test pressing of the aforementioned Bergenfield 4 7 inch a week ago. Yeah, which is pretty uh, wild because there's only six. six. Yeah. So now I have two of the six. But um, yeah, I found it. It's a long story, but it's from our uh, <laughs> our mutual friend Ian yeah. inadvertently. But it wasn't just sent or put to anybody. It happened to be a friend of his that he gave it to that he just – I think he just wanted to rid himself of, of anything that he wasn't in use of. Uh, but anyway, so it was, I, I, it's no shade thrown is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and Ian's a lovely guy. Uh, it's also, funny when you pick up a band's like a copy of a band member's test press for super cheap, and you're like, you're like, I guess maybe I overvalue things I shouldn't. You know, like if, if a band member's <laughs> willing to throw it away for a dollar, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't pay hundreds, if not thousands, for a test press. Well, speaking of the you know the record buying uh, affliction, if I if I were so you know, cynical. Uh, this person just doesn't have that same affliction as you and I. So I'm assuming that, you know, although he's more than happy with the group, it's just a matter of like, yeah, I need the space. This doesn't, you know, I don't listen to this for whatever. Yeah. <coughs> How many shows do we play Burnfield for? <laughs> I don't remember. I think two. Two. I think, I think that's what's two. two. Yeah. You set them up, so it's funny that you can't remember. Well, no. One, one I think George set up. I think that was the show we opened for the Cancer Bats at the record release. Okay. Well, I definitely remember one you set up. And it was with, actually, if I recall, the one that you didn't just mention. Uh, there was another one with, I believe it was Paint It Black, if I'm not mistaken. and Cold World? Cold World, I think. Which is, yeah, which doesn't make any sense, that bill, in, in my mind. But, uh. You know what's going to make less sense when I tell you the other band on that bill? Diamonds. Who? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That's right. It was this, actually, that was a 90s style bill as far as diversity is concerned. That is definitely a 90s um, style bill. Yeah. But did we not? I'm confusing because I thought there was. No, we never played with the Chromags. I, I thought I've played with the Chromags in different, and you have as well. But I thought we did some kind of weird thing with that as well. I can't remember. I don't know. Did we get up and play in the middle of a fucked upset one time? No, that, that did not happen. Okay, that was probably <clears throat> we did it. Uh, we we did it at that show. George kind of set up, I think. No, that was the, that with Attack and and Cancer Bats. Yes, correct. Yeah, that was. I think that was a Hail Destroyer release party. Mm, yeah, it might have been. Again, I, I'm foggy and all this, but yeah. Well, Chris, you got to bone up on your uh, Chris O'Toole history. <laughs> <laughs> um, regardless. <laughs> Who's on record. 
which I'm still very proud of, by the way. And uh, yeah, so I, su I scored that test press. Um, but in addition, I scored, dare I say, a better record, uh, the first Gruesomes single, which I was very happy to get. Uh, what, the one that came out on what label? Primitive? Is no longer there, or whatever. The store came first, and then the label, or vice versa. I don't know. But uh, any Montreal heads, email us if you listen. But uh, yeah, I was very happy to finally get that as it saluted me for some time. An incredible so, yeah. record. Yeah, you used to be able to. Primitive in Montreal used to have copies of it way back when. But Yeah, I would imagine. Um, that label, yeah. Primitive Records out of Montreal, very cool label. Primitive, yeah, excellent store. Excellent time store. I visited. But I don't know. Uh, we should probably just look that up right now. But I, I don't know if it's still uh, going. I th it moved locations. Yeah. Um, and maybe changed names. Okay. But I'm I'm not 100 percent sure if it's still going. Yeah, well, it's saying at least ba based on a very quick web uh, search, it seems to have not not be going anymore. Okay. But then again, people may know what it may have morphed into but anyway when it existed very very cool store especially if you liked you know like garage related type things it, it had all the stuff but it was yeah you could find a lot of great stuff like that yeah no and definitely they put out also i think it's the first but it might be a, like a later record by um our favorites the spaceships yeah of course yep which would make sense of course being mm -hmm. from montreal yep mm-hmm but yeah, very cool label, and I just—it's I, just one of those things nowadays that you don't stumble across very often, especially in these parts. So I was very happy to uh, to find it. Yeah, it's weird how you know it's, there's some records that you see, you see, you see, and you just put off buying it. You put off buying, it, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh shit, that's now like a very rare record, and I'm never going to get it." I find for me, like the the Canadian stuff. Obviously, you and I both being Canadian. Um, I just find that's the stuff I fear is going to all like all of a sudden either like I can't find because living here I have trouble finding some of it so I can't imagine being outside I don't think I'd have a better chance so yeah yeah it's weird how Canadian records don't well you know it's probably the same way with any city and with like the big name records from these cities but like Canadian records don't really turn up anymore like rare mm -hmm. like you used to be, you'd see the teenage head at first LP like all the fucking time. Yeah, um, that's now, one that originally. Yeah, sorry. No, no, I just I, yeah, I haven't seen one in forever. Like you know, for cheap. Yeah, I think since uh, since his passing, I think those records have come a little, a little more, more. Like you can still find them a lot. They tend to be pricier, but yeah, you're right. They, I don't find them as nearly as much as I used to when I'm looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, we've we've hit that point, Chris, where we like. We're like, oh, that record. You used to see that all the time. Really? You remember <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. Hmm. Regardless. Uh, but yeah, that was my uh, that's my contribution because you often ask me and I haven't <laughs> been been out or scored anything. So I figured since I actually had, I might as well put that forth. That's awesome. I'm glad I got. I actually got some scores today. Um, I got the Avalanche Swiss Underground Comp, like a metal kind of punk comp from Switzerland. <laughs> Got a couple other, I don't know, nothing nothing crazy lately. Nothing of note, but uh, I think that's good because yeah. I finally did my taxes. And uh, 
I spent so much money in Japan, Chris. Yeah, I know. You talked to me and uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It was like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. You, got, you got your scores for the year in those, whatever, two weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. Two weeks until. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got every, all of my system last year. So this year's yeah. all about uh, a slower record buying year. Yeah, I've had a number of friends supporting the Japanese economy lately. The, the last year, <laughs> a lot of trips over by uh, the record buying public, uh, the punk record buying public, more specifically. That yeah, I'm yeah. surprised there are any records left. Is what I'm trying to say. Also, wrestling. It seems like going to Japan is, you know, more accessible now somehow. I don't know if flights yeah. have gotten cheaper or something, but like. It also feels like in the wrestling world, there's just people constantly going over to Japan now for like these huge wrestling events. Um, God, I miss it. I want to go back so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so bad. I can imagine. Um, I haven't been back in 12 years. So, yeah, I can imagine how you feel. <laughs> yeah. it's It really is like the one place that, you know, uh, as much as I, I go there, uh, I, I, you know, I – feel like I should go there more. And I don't go there that often, though. There's some people that get to go a lot. So, you know, I'm lucky, though. I do get to go. So. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I would say you're, uh, you've, you've been uh, quite a bit of times that you've, or at least you've succeeded on your trips where I feel you should be satisfied. Yeah, no, I'm definitely satisfied at this point. Man, now I'm doing a deep dive, unfortunately, on the, uh, on the old Teenage <laughs> Head discography page. On Discogs, and it's... Okay. Uh, this Blood Boogie record, which I'm, I'm like from 83. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, okay. Do you have everything? I remember you had a pretty amazing THN collection from what I remember, but... I don't have like, it. Do you have that new? Did you buy, like... I remember you were the first person I saw. Well, it had probably the most extensive one I'd ever seen. Because people always had either one or two records that I knew, including myself. But you, you had, or maybe because you don't have the later, later ones. Now they look at the discography. I have the later, later ones. Um, I don't have. You have like the one, you have Head Disorder from 96? Yep, on CD. <laughs> um, and I don't think it came wow, out. okay. That's I impressive. Though. I don't think it ever came out on vinyl. They, they never got no, bad. You're right. They never got bad. They never got like yeah. terrible. Like they got you know, not as good. Uh, you know, but they never got bad. No, I agree. Um, I'm with you. And they're still going. They played the last weekend, I think, in Toronto or a couple weekends ago. I couldn't go, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a different incarnation, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, but it's still like they actually play their – they played their old high school I saw not too long ago. I think maybe that was last weekend, which is where they first played. And I believe it was in 1975 they played their first show. Wow. Yeah, which That's is crazy. Be weird. Yeah. Which predates, like, you know, a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. Maybe 74. 74. Maybe 74. Um, Frankie Venom was on drums then, though. And I think in that lineup, nice. Dave, Dave Rave was the singer. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that's my distraction for the moment. So I'm going to get off this page, close that window, <laughs> and we can start the show. Uh, Chris, All right. once again, we've got to start the show by 
giving a bit of a uh, a eulogy of sorts. Um, this time for one of the all-time great punk drummers, uh, a legend, uh, Nick Knox of the band The Cramps, of the Electric Eels, and, uh, you know, of, of more as well. But those are the ones that I think, for the purposes of this show, are... You know, like those are th- those are two of the most important bands ever. Yeah, I, I definitely. It's funny in recent years, I feel like the Electric Eels are again. That's admittedly even a band I'm not massively. I've never really like got into massively, but um, they're a band that seems to have gotten a little more recognition as of late. I don't know if it's because of the people like you talking about them uh, uh, more, what have you, in the public spectrum, but. Um, Anyway, yeah, so that, that I feel well, that that band is That's the first punk band, right? Like, that's like, well, you know. the argument. Sure. That's the argument. But I think, like, you know, when you hear about them and, like, you know, like, just the, their, their, their antics on stage, their vibe, and when you hear songs, like, agitated and stuff, you're like, oh, this is, yeah, this is exactly what everyone else was going to be doing a couple years later. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know their material to the nth degree where I can concur with you but yeah like i it's hard i know of the history based on just you know what people like you mention and what i've read so um but yeah definitely a massively important group but what's crazy is if you couple that with the cramps that's pretty you know that's a pretty outstanding pairing to be in at any point mm-hmm. um and in, in one's career especially if you're punk centric whatever interested so yeah, uh, big loss. He died at the age of sixty. Um, it says here it was a it was a, almost a week ago now. So by the time this comes out, it'll be a little while. But it's been circulating, so people know. But either way, it was kind of a um, a big thing that we certainly needed to mention. He was he played, young uh, when he was in uh, the Electric Eels. Well, I would imagine because it that predates the cramps. I, I would imagine that's if I'm getting that correct, he was in yeah. it before. So yeah. yeah, like he was like, they're, they're recording their single, which he, I'm just checking to make sure he plays on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was a drummer on that. Of course, um, is from 75 that it was recorded. Right. And he was, it says here he's born in 68. Hmm. So, so how old does that make him? Be 20. Uh, three, yeah, but if you think about it, that makes sense. You know, that 16? tends to be the age. Yeah, I, that band just sounds age. like so sophisticated. Maybe, maybe I just have low, uh, low expectations and and low brow tastes. But I don't know. It just seems like for that time, like they're just pushing the envelope so much further than anyone else. I would just assume they would have been, you know, seasoned rock people. But I guess you know that's that's the old man in me. <laughs> I guess I don't know it's you know I think that's what happens with age period but um, the thing I find well of course amongst just that he was in these groups but the article here which I'm citing is because I'm bad with what members are in what groups at what time for the most part but it mentions that he was the drummer from 77 to 91 in the cramps wow which is early I, when you think about that like you said their electric, uh, electric eels was what 75 so that was a fairly quick transition Mm-hmm. But um, he's and a date with Elvis, the band's most successfully commercially successful release. It says here, which I didn't. 
that's the record that is the biggest cramps record? Yeah, yeah, they had uh they had kind of a hit off that, I think. In England. I can't remember the the uh the track listing on that. But anyway. Um just looking at this, uh yeah, like he played on all the recordings. Like he'd never like when he played uh like in seventy seven they didn't have any recordings by that point. Like seventy eight's the first single. Mm. So he was the drummer for uh for the run. Yeah. yeah. Not the original drummer, of course, but like certainly the recorded first recorded drummer. Uh I'm trying to think what other see what other bands he played in. Not that he needs anything else, but No, yeah, of course. Um Regardless, it's it's uh, uh as far as losses that people just Discuss and that are huge. I think this one's big. A lot of people have paid tribute, like we said, but it did it, it deserved mentioning, of course. And if our you know thoughts are with anyone close and what have you, friends and family. Mm-hmm. And thank you for the music, because uh, really, like, what a run of incredible stuff. Um, also passing away today, Chris. Speaking of, thank you for the entertainment. Uh, big Van Vader. I know. I, it's funny you mention. We talked earlier a bit about this, but I'd seen that as well. I kind of had a blackout, a media blackout sort of where I hadn't, you know, been in the world looking at anything on the internet. And then that started to come up like crazy. And I thought, wow, that's, it's, that kind of stuff makes me feel really old. Cause mm-hmm. I imagine, I remember these wrestlers as a young person and it's crazy to think of, it makes sense. Of course they're whatever age, but. But uh, I don't know. Did anyone report on what had happened? Did, like, what age was he? Does anyone know? Uh, it, yeah, he's he's older. Um, now, now I really should look okay. it up. Um, like, not older, but I yeah. think he's. I think in his sixties. Uh, Leon White was his real name, uh, or, and, fifty-five. Uh, yeah, sixty. Okay. So yeah, he was age sixty three. Three. Yeah. And do, 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 I'm just wondering here. So what I'm saying though is at least you know again it's it's tragic any time, but there's a lot of you know really tragic wrestling stories, and he at least seems to have lived his life fairly extensively in his years, which is good. But yeah, a lot of people paid tribute to this one too. Yeah, like he he um, in you know like in the back in 2016. He said that he was, you know, really facing some serious, serious health problems and kind of came through that. And but I guess, you know, it caught up with him, unfortunately. Uh, And he passed away. Um, And it's uh, once again, like, yeah, someone that he was on Boy Meets World. He he really was, you know, one of those wrestlers that kind of transcended just the wrestling world and became a pop culture icon. Like there's, there's like a handful of wrestlers that you could probably put in a lineup and non-wrestling fans could probably pick them up from their other media appearances or just like, you know, whatever's in the, the ether. And he's, he, I think is one of those guys. So yeah, sad to see him go. No, agreed. So those are two big ones recently. Yep, two big ones. And so I guess with that, we say um, rest in peace. And now we have the awkward transition out of this segment. Yeah. Uh, Chris, should we open up that mailbag? Yeah, sure. 
Uh, before <clears> we, we have a few. Before we get to it, ahead. everyone, we are going to be talking about the Fat Tony episode. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard it yet, one of my favorites, go check it out. Sorry, Chris. Handing over to you on the yeah, mailbag. No worries. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a couple that are the particular ones we wanted to spotlight this week. So I guess um, I'm not sure which one you want to delve into first, Dame. We have um, the let's, heart attack themed one. Let's the, uh, let's end with the ultimate uh, comp thing. Okay. Yep. Um, and let's okay. let's maybe start. Let's start. Let's start with something. Yeah, something easy. All right. So. Uh, the first one that uh, is a great message, and again, one of we have uh, we have the luxury of having some really amazing, keen listeners who really, really find um, the sweet spot on what we like to kind of unearth here. And uh, this is this is a prime example of that. So uh, Michael P wrote in, and uh, the topic is for the nerds heart attack archive. And he writes, uh, he stumbled upon the Heart Attack Archive basically online. Not sure if that we'd had seen it. We had not. Uh, but it looks like someone put up uh, the scans of all 50 issues. And he writes, as someone who wasn't around back then, I was alive but a really young person. Uh, it's definitely cool to see. Haven't gone through much yet, as much as I can, killing time at work. But big favorite of what he's gone through so far. So, uh, more importantly, the URL for that is heartattackarchive.com. Now, I don't know how new this is. Maybe listeners are thinking, like, yeah, I've seen this. But um, the webpage is actually pretty impressive. And, of course, like the scans themselves are all separate, uh, like downloadable zip files. And it's the, the whole issue from what I can understand here. And they have the full run, 1 to 50. And, uh, yeah, I even forwarded it over to you, Dan. So you were... You took a peruse of it as well. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. They actually have a benefit shirt that you can buy um, if you would oh, like yeah? to support the the archive as well. Yeah, Heart Attack is one of those zines, like Kent McClard, uh, one of those people that, you know, I think, I, I don't know what Punk would have been like without him because be it Ebullition or be it Heart Attack, like, Certainly played a key role in disseminating information about these bands and then the actual music of these bands uh, for years. My band included. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure probably your band too, Chris, as well. No, I don't think we ever the bands Under- I was in ever made. I maybe, but because okay. the uh, I vividly recall buying that last episode. The episode, and we say that uh, issue um, when you guys were in it, and I believe I still have it. Um, I mean, ebullition though. Ebullition distribution still. Oh, maybe that. Sorry, I thought you meant in a heart attack. I I don't. I don't think I was any any part of anything I did was ever in a heart attack. But I could be wrong. I don't know. It's a fantastic Um, zine. Like it really is, and like you know, you really get to see that going back through it. Sorry to mean to cut you off. No, no worries. No, but um, it goes to show you too. And when you look at the beginning to, like I said, the very last issue, which features fucked up, which at the time was a. Again, like you can look at the cover of it, but I mean, just as like an example, the list of like who's on the cover, like Dead Stop, you guys, it's hard to see. I'm trying to find repos, your, your homies. Oh, that's right. And uh, it's anyway, so it gives you an idea of kind of the stuff they cover. But yeah, it was. I mean, I I did not read the whole run by any means, but I have, of course, the Evolution Comp, the infamous one that has the quote, which is on the web page of the Some Ideas Are Poisonous. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that are of the era, I would argue, certainly, but 
I think it's interesting in hindsight, certainly. And it was fifty it cents is. or twenty five cents when it first came out. You know, yeah, it was a, it was definitely you know like look at the, like some of these things are amazing. Like there's a tear it up against me split cover. Ah, <laughs> speaking of which, yeah, friend of the show. Yeah. Actually, you've interviewed both. Yep, but I was going to say two friends of the show. The one, the issue right afterwards had a Pusshead interview, which is fantastic. I really remember, I remember, totally remember getting that in 2002. Uh, Submission Hold and Pez, and then, you know, other stuff as well. Like, there's, there's really, uh, like, a, a, a lot of cool stuff here. The letter section was always a hilarious read, kind of always a little bit ridiculous at times, too. Some amazing call outs. Over the years as well. Um, I mean that in yep. the hardcore sense, not in the present day sense. Um, yes. Um, and it's, it's, these are a great read. Like it's, it's a, I don't know. I didn't really appreciate heart attack enough at the time. You know, it was like always, you know, the, the butt of a lot of jokes at times for people. And I think in hardcore, certainly in the circles that I was in, but mm-hmm. like the reality is like, what a fucking awesome zine. I'm just looking at this now because I never realized this. Of course, I'm not surprised that any there would be columns or like a, perhaps a show review with like a band you're in. But I'm amazed looking at issue 43 that Crew Suicide's on the cover. Crew Suicide beat you guys to the cover of Heart Attack. That's well, crazy. Well, we uh, we we uh, we played hard to like get. It's not with a photo. Interview. We played hard it's to not- get, but they were all people forget that Crew Suicide was up and running before fucked up. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just shocked because I remember when you guys were on it, it was like a big deal, and then, oh. so I'm like, wow, I don't. Why didn't I remember when Crew Suicide were mentioned? Know, like, uh, we, that 2006 for fucked up. That was like hidden world time. Yeah, like it was like yeah, like it was it was we were like stoked to be in it and stuff. But I think for us it was uh, I don't know, like it was it was well into, I think it was after maximum rock and roll would stop talking about us. No, they said they reviewed that record. They gave it a weird mediocre review. Yeah. No, this is like, yeah, you're still in the pocket. You were still, you're still riding the zeitgeist. Not that your band isn't in the pocket now is not why I'm saying no, 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 believe me, Chris, that was still when (laughs) we're we're definitely not in the max rock and roll heart attack pocket anymore. (laughs) Um, Because that pocket's very different now. Sure. Nonetheless, I'm just even amazed to have learned something just now. I did not realize. Issue 43 has Crew Suicide on the cover. I had no idea. Crew Suicide is a, is, is a much more uh, – is, is a much longer-running band, more established than Fucked Up. They started <laughs> – I think it was a year before us. So, you know. And that was with the original lineup, the much superior lineup, which are none of the people currently in the band. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. I'm joking. I'm joking, obviously. Just messing around. Uh, yeah, this is an amazing archive. Thank you very much for sending this in because um, if I knew about it, I have forgotten about it. And I'm going to go through this. I've got a lot of these still in physical form at uh, downstairs. You know, I kept, I held on to some hard attacks. I remember yeah. one time someone offering to give me. Almost a complete run of Max Rock and Rolls and almost a complete run of Heart Attacks. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> you don't want the MRRs? Yeah. Like, I mean, it'd, it'd, be a lot, it'd be a lot of them. But it'd be a lot of them. And it was just this like. a lot too. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if they would have survived all the moves I've made. Um, mm. But I kind of wish I had them now. 
Oh, for sure. I don't I know where they would like, live, though. You're right. Yeah, that is a yeah. There, <laughs> yeah, you do not have a lot of room in your home. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there is some stuff, Chris. Either, yeah. Yeah, we got nonetheless hoarder problems. <laughs> I'm trying not to. I'm really trying not to, but yeah, it's uh-huh. uh. I I could like I'm trying to envision library in my mind, but yeah, the reality is probably closer to horror in rea- in uh, in you know to someone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, the also the other thing that's amazing about this archive is they've now uh, really gone and they're trying to make a an effort to get all the issues of no answers, which is Kent's pre. Uh, pre heart attack zine, which is phenomenal. Like, what a cool zine this was! And yeah, hopefully, if people have some of these early issues, they get in touch and and put them in touch with them and put it so you can post them on the site. Because wow, there's some badass stuff. Yeah, he's only got three episodes of that episodes. Why do I keep saying that? Issues and uh, of ten, but nonetheless. Look at this one, though. It's got, like, Youth of the Day, No for an Answer, and then it's got photos of Bad Brain, COC, Dag Nasty, Raw Power, Rollins Band, Blast, DRI, and more. Yeah. That's That's a good list. It's a good roster. I agree. Uh, All right, Chris. Thank you uh, once again, though, for sending that in, and then I guess we should move on to the next email. All right. Next email is from Mitch B., it's the subject is ultimate hardcore comp and uh it's a very short and sweet email it just simply states if you could make a compilation of hardcore punk to help introduce someone to the genre what would it be question mark so dame that is the question for you wait what's well, give me the question one more time chris it says if you could make a compilation of hardcore punk to okay, help that's introduce what I need. someone Okay, help introduce someone. Yeah. Okay, hardcore punk. That's the other thing that I wanted to hear. Yeah. Uh, so, <sighs> what would you want to open that comp with? Well, I just feel like this is a difficult question nowadays because I feel like, um, even to a degree, like bad brains, minor threat, all that's kind of a given, so to speak. So, my view is like I would be looking for like the next layer. Mm hmm. For somebody, but yeah, if I were to, if it was just outright like someone that had never heard aggressive music, thinking what would I am, you know, uh, opens with homies, yeah, ends with bro him. <laughs> Some crap yeah, in the that middle. Would be Damien's 2018 mixtape, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, definitely, Minor Threat has to be on there. I don't know what song. Um, what you say, Minor Threat's more obscure than Bad Brains and Black Flag and stuff? Well, they're not. No, no. That's what I mean. Like, I'm okay. avoiding my normal uh, template for this. Okay. I would put on, I'm just thinking, like, what are all the best first wave singles? And I'd probably put a song from, you know, as many as I could, which you could probably put them all on. But the thing, the thing about this question that's funny is I think there are probably already comps that, that sort of just do this. Yeah, because I, I, I would take a totally different uh, okay. tack with it. I would like. You know, I'd have extensive liner notes, and then I'd probably probably kick it off with, uh, you know, this is where the debate comes in. You know, like, 
what would you put as a first hardcore song ever? And I guess it's like, uh, well, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, the middle class single, right? That'd be the yeah, first. Well, um, that's what out of vogue, yeah, yeah, out of vogue is the general consensus. That's the first hardcore record. Uh, I also think though you could probably get away with putting on uh, because I'm from Toronto, the Valtones, and because Chris and I both know the influence they had on the Bad Brains. And uh, <laughs> true, yeah. So I would say that yeah, I would put them on my list too. Uh, but you know, you or, or then you probably have Black Flag on there. I want to do stuff that was indicative of like a scene or of an era. And I'd want to cover the whole world, you know, like, so I'd want to have Coliera and I want to have, um, like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think, pick, pick the bands from each country as we go, but like, you know, like I'd want to go country to country and kind of represent all of that and kind of tell the, the story of hardcore punk as, as this genre that's existed independent of any sort of real mainstream recognition or real mainstream kind of aid um, throughout the world. Yeah. I think your approach makes the most sense, but that's an early MRR comp would do that. You know? Yeah, you're right. Those MRR comps are pretty good, but I want to go like, this would be a, like a three volume. It'd be a box set. I'd have a box set. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'd go right up until kind of the present, day maybe not the present day like you probably get away with just going up to like the 90s and you could put in like you could put in bikini kill and you kind of tell some riot girl stuff in there and you know like show how they all relate and how they all kind of like influence each other and are kind of like responsible for begetting the next era and stuff like i think i think you can tell a great story with the history of hardcore punk yeah, I agree. I'm I'm thinking I'm wondering if this question is more directed at our specific sensibilities. I don't read it that way, but that's the way I read like in my mind that's the way I read it, but it's not how it's worded necessarily. So I would uh, if it was my if it's then if I'm just gearing it towards stuff that I like mm-hmm. uh I probably have feeders open it up with 1984. Uh then I'd have, you know, like a a Melvin song off that like demos record uh, that came out a couple of years ago, the double 10 inch thing. Uh, I'd have uh, prob definitely poison idea. Eight yeah. hundreds, you know, uh, integrity would be there. Uh, Cold world would certainly be in the house. Um, I'm not sure every track I would put on, but I, for me, the first thing I thought of when I read this was cold world for me, for me. no, it would be for Damien, yeah. Um, the uh, the first track, like no question, my track one would be Victim in Pain. Because yeah, you I know think what? That's yeah. probably. Yeah. I'm just relating to myself. If I were actually being, if I actually thought about genuinely like the real first hardcore punk song I heard, I think it was probably that song. If I had to like really think about it. Or like one that I considered was indicative of what I consider hardcore punk to be. Probably the first real, real one I ever heard like that was was it. Um, so, and I think it's still, if not the greatest hardcore punk song, it's certainly, you know, top three. Mm-hmm. So I would that would be on my number one to open. I don't know because so much of these comps already do it. 
Like I would just take like what I would do if I were to approach this, I would do like a similar to the year in seven inches or something like that, and just you wouldn't put. Go on, sorry. No, and just put like basically like the idea of that, like groupings of songs rather than just one-offs. But that's just me. I would also say though, there's no comp that does it right. Like there's no comp that has Black Flag and Agnostic Front on it, right? Like there's no comp that because everyone's so at that time, especially like, you know, you're just, your local scene kind of focused, even the MRR comps, you know, they, there's no way they're putting any AF songs on anything. True. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right about that. That's true. So like, you know, like I think to tell the story, you know, you'd kind of have to make a comp now. Like, cause you can kind of look at it with a little bit of hindsight, not hindsight, but it'd be hindsight if you weren't actually there when it happened. Yeah, you're also embracing, I think, the uh, – well, not that I didn't embrace that idea of it, but the part of the phrase here is help introduce someone to the genre. So that's the assumption that they have no knowledge. So therefore, that was my th- thinking on Victim and Pain. But, um, you know, you could – there's a lot of definitive songs that you could use in that sense that I may not um, rate as high as some other ones I would rather put on but would be more indicative to introduce someone, mm-hmm. I mean, to the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd want to tell but, them, I, if I was introducing the genre, though, I'd want to tell them the whole story. Maybe that's yeah, just, I agree. And then they can pick out their favorite stuff, right? Which would yeah. obviously be Burning Spirits Hardcore. <laughs> Clearly. Of course. Of course. That's, the, uh, that's the way it works. And eventually just you're like, oh, shit, okay, well, this is this is amazing. This is what the best is. <laughs> that is certainly the in vogue opinion uh since the last whatever 20 years well like, but, yeah you you take discharge and you cross it with motorhead it's kind of mm-hmm. unfuckable with i agree hey there's some of those records are absolutely flawless yeah i have no debate there all right Damn we've straight, had this Chris. debate on the show though i don't i don't know if it's my favorite overall but it's definitely like can't mess with wind of pain have we ever settled what your favorite genre is overall? What do you mean by genre? Like if you're going to pick a like, subgenre of of hardcore, like I just said, Burning Spirits hardcore, and like you oh, know, you're using that as a. We've had this debate like way back a bit, like that. I I pretty am, I'm pretty public with saying that it is not my favorite. Yeah, but what is your I, favorite? What would then be? I your don't favorite? know. Epifat. Well, yeah, of course. Amazing Core. <laughs> Lookout <laughs> Punk. My my opinion to you or my debate to you earlier was that just for me, being someone from North America, I was more floored. And of course, because I heard it earlier, I was more floored by, you know, the first wave of American hardcore and, and or Canadian hardcore. So for me, those are the most definitive. But um, yeah, it's, I can't argue. There, there's certain things in that wave of especially Burning Spirit related things that are, yeah, they're untouchable and are superior certainly to the a lot of records that came out of here in those eras. And a lot of those came out later. So that's even more impressive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it, it just depends. Like for me, I don't really care that much like about this debate, to be honest, not to, like, I, I like good's good. I don't care where it's from or when it's from. That's my feeling. We're not worried about good right now, Chris. We're worried about the best. <laughs> Fair enough. 
All right, um, I won't force you to. I won't force you to answer this one right now because we all know your I answer. I also say that though, just just because I know it's going to get eye rolls from everybody if I say that because the, you know, it's it's the answer everyone has, and so I like to be contrary. So my opinion is that it is not my favorite, but of course I like all the marquee records and and yeah, the bands are excellent. So wait, is is that more of a contrarian opinion? That's just like a you know. No, but I gen I genuinely am like if if you went through my collection of like hitters I own I own little to no Japanese hitters. Yeah, that's good. And a lot of that is acquiring. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, but, that's true. But you know, if I I could have probably acquired some, mm -hmm. you know, at, here and there, and they, it just hasn't been at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Now, would I love an original Wind of Pain? Yeah, hundred percent. Or you know, would I love the entire Selfish Run? Yep, I I want it. Hopefully, yeah. one day I'll get it. But you know, just it's it's for me. I think what I'm trying to communicate here is it would be slightly dishonest for me to say that this is definitively my favorite when it's not something that, that like you know a quote unquote like I live it. I'm you just know, fucking I, I, with you, Chris. No, no, I, I like that this is actually like a public debate right now. It's good <laughs> because I've I've had this. I've said this to a few people, and because it's just it's yeah the people we know that are like the you know the most keen that's that tends to be where they end up and for good reason but for me i you know i uh i'm not i've not fully arrived there yet is what i would what i would say well i don't know what genre um th that we fall into right now with this podcast whatever <laughs> genre that is that's the best genre of punk super nerd late night rambling core yeah mm -hmm. uh, uh what uh next email i guess um, that's what we had. We that's only it. had a news item and then that was really it. So the news item is a few weeks old now, if you wanted to cover it, but if not, we can just roll. Oh, we can cover it. Why not? All right. Well, our Norwegian correspondent, Kel, um, this is as of early June. So we're, yeah, about a couple weeks behind on it, but, um, sent in, a, um, a news item out of France. Um, that the title of the email or the news item, pardon me, is France's punk rock bank robber walks free after 30 years on the run. And um, it says Gilles Bertin, lead singer of Camera Silence, was a part of a gang that got away with millions and was subsequently declared dead. And essentially, <laughs> it seems like the, from what I can gather of the article, that yeah, um, there was some criminal activity and then they sort of went MIA and I don't know if they faked it or was declared dead, whatever, and then basically is now resurfaced uh, all these years later. And I just want to see here. The jury gave a suspended five-year sentence who smiled with relief. So that was as of uh, two and a half weeks ago. So again... Uh, the fun, like, probably the craziest part about the story. There, if I'm not mistaken, there also was another link to like punk rock. Uh, this wasn't a punk rocker robbing banks that I was aware of, or maybe it was, but not a band member anyway. Is the infamous one that sort of uh, they talk about in uh, the interview with what is it? Uh, what's that mystic single? I always mess it up. Battalion of Saints. Don't they yeah. mention that in that documentary? Or some like some fan of those bands up there. Robbing anyway. a bank? I haven't seen that documentary. 
What documentary? Is there a Battalion, Battalion of Saints documentary? No, no, no. But like in American Hardcore, they talk about oh, it. Oh, sure. yeah. Now it's bringing a bell. There's a brief mention. And then there was another mention because I, I think there are a few groups of that era, uh, if not the entire West Coast or just the Pacific Northwest Coast, that had uh, knowledge of this human being. I don't know anything about them or, or what they – but apparently it was another bank robber. So it's kind of funny well, that there's also- – uh, also, Ronnie, uh, whatever from uh, the Sex Pistols. What's that one, Ronnie? Uh, what's the uh, what's the Paul Cook, Steve Jones, the famous British bank robber that did the record with those guys? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't know that one. It's the one that they based uh, the movie on too. Uh, I don't know. People are like screaming at their uh, yeah. cell phones right now. On this one. I'm gonna call it up right one. now. It's yeah. man, the Sex Pistols have a lot of records considering they only put out one record. <laughs> uh, yeah, but aren't you looking for Ronnie Biggs? Uh, That's it, Ronnie Biggs. Ronnie Biggs, okay. I don't no know one is innocent. Um, and then there's and a, it's, it's it, what is it, a Sex Pistols record or is it a yeah, it's a Sex Pistols record? And it's like an official, like what, like single or something, or yeah, actual? it's like. It's uh, my ways on the flip side of it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know this one. And if you call up the 12 inch and look at the 12 inch, I'm sure you'd recognize that art. Hmm. I'm still trying to find it on here, but um, I'll look it up. But it, yeah, anyway, there, there is a history of this, uh, apparently, in punk, I guess. But uh, well, also, our friend MVP. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that, but sure. You've listened to that but episode? I have, but I mean, like, I don't know beyond what was mentioned by you, or yeah, I can't. He, he, robbed, a casino, he, he robbed a casino. He robbed a casino boat with uh, shotguns when he was sixteen. Wow, got away with. Oh, well, I don't think I don't know if that was mentioned. I know I remember there was. Yeah. Anyway, I now know this single. Now that I look at it. Yeah, but I gotta get this. I like that my way that my way covers on the B side. That's awesome. Oh, it's the A side. Pardon me. The other one's the B side. Yeah, the other one's the B side. I guess it would have been kind of controversial, right? Because like he was a controversial figure right until his death in England. You know what's super funny is <laughs> on the on the center labels, at least of the I don't know if it's twelve inch or seven inch. I'm looking at. I'm thinking it's twelve or sorry seven. They're both labeled as A side. <laughs> so who knows? Double A side. Yeah, Both of those sick. are hits. Both of those should be on the charts. <laughs> that's a good record. There are a ton of versions of this record, too. Nice. Yeah, no, it's definitely like one of those records where you probably buy it and you're like, did I really need this? <laughs> but nonetheless, need this? Uh, while we're on this, I just want to shout out our Norwegian correspondent for always sending in great stuff. Yes, thank you, And Kel. of course... Camera Salens is an interesting band to check out if you don't know them, and uh, just a, a just a very footnote email of all footnote emails. I like it. Would be interesting to come up. Well, actually, no one. I'm like already regretting it, saying it as soon as the words leave my lips. <laughs> uh, the most infamous punk crimes list, but I don't really think we should be revisiting a lot of those. They're nah, not, not yeah. really glamorous or anything. No, nah, we're good. Uh, As someone must have done it already, too, I would think. Well, we're in the era of those podcasts. So. I don't mean that. I just mean like a like a whatever, like a mixtape or whatever, something like that. The most infamous punk bands. 
Yeah, it was, you know, whatever like that, yeah. Bad music by bad people? <laughs> or good music by you're, bad you're people? You're just giving everyone the ideas. You got to do this yourself. <laughs> uh, Chris, I need ideas that pay money. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> I need ideas that pay me in records. There you go. I need ideas that bring me back to Japan and pay me in records. <laughs> nice. Right. Regardless, that was the mailbag, so we're, we're good. All right. We have emptied the mailbag for this week. Please, once again, Chris, how do they send emails to us? To uh, to us, you can send them at – sorry, pardon me – to turnedoutapunkfootnotes at gmail.com. Uh, make your ultimate punk compilation list. Send that in. We'll go through it. Uh, it better include Brohim. Um, or at least homies. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that's, and, and send another stuff. Like we, we love conversating on these sorts of topics. Yeah. All of these kind of things that we've discussed are great examples, but yeah, there's, there's always something out there. Speaking of something out there, out there for us right now, Chris is one of my favorite all time episodes of turn out of punk. I was, uh, I was able to finally hear it recently, which I'm very happy about. And yeah, I like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was I enjoyed it. Go on. There was a lot of uh, rap content that I'm a fan of, so it was uh, that was refreshing. Mm-hmm. I also kind of love it because it's like you know, and I, I put a post on Instagram about this too. It's it, it's cool to have Matt Jackson and Fat Tony a week later because the the two of them are you know have the similarity in the sense that you have two kids having to discover punk rock in isolation but for very different reasons, but also both in the state of Texas. Yeah, I think um, I, I agree with you that that is a, an interesting trajectory for both those people. But I think for a lot of people, it's a very similar one that aren't you know born in these hotbeds or live in these hotbeds more appropriately. Yeah, like I don't know, like I, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but like discovering it while you're by yourself playing football by throwing the football on the roof of the house. <laughs> and letting it roll yeah. down to catch it, you know, or, or, and then also discovering it because none of your peers are into it, you know, yeah, which a lot of us I can relate I, to, but like, I mean, like none yeah. of your peers can, you know, even have a relationship to, or have a relationship to it. Like you want to have a relationship to it. Well, anytime that, that, you know, what we're discussing, like that, that idea of gravitating to something that isn't a, you know, like you don't have a lot of peers or isn't like a particularly popular thing. Yeah, it, it, you know, it obviously showcases that it's something that, you know, someone genuinely cares about for whatever reason, right? So that I like that and I, I can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can relate to the idea of, you know, I've never been in a heavily populated area that was particularly hip. So I relate to that idea too of, you know, the, the as the saying goes, having to dig the well, I, I – I very much <laughs> remember those years, especially before the internet existed in the in the way we have it now, where you know things were not easily accessible, which we constantly you know moan about. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, great episode. Like I thought the interview was really good. I don't know anything about his music, sadly, but um, it was cool to hear the way he came into it. Oh, you gotta you gotta check out his music. I think if any. You know, knowing the type of uh, rap music you'd like, I think you're really going to dick what he does. Nice. Yeah, um, I mean, I, everything he was dropping, like, I didn't like everything he dropped, but it was, you know, for the most part, he was spot on for me. Yeah, no, he definitely is is someone who uh, put out, like, a, a huge variety of cool stuff over the years, and someone who's got, a, like, a really cool, unique perspective. He's, like, one 
best local rapper, according to like the Houston Weekly type thing, like three years yeah. in a row. Huh, nice. Like it's like he is definitely uh, you know someone that is very respected um, for what he does, and someone that I'm a big fan of. So yeah, getting the chance to sit down and talk to him, uh, you know, because I don't, I had no idea he was that into punk until the conversation yeah. really got it go got going. Well, yeah, it's got, it's just, it's very funny when, like, you could tell he was interested in it, but then when he, I, my, you know, if we're going to jump to talking points, the, the thing that I was most uh, amused by and also intrigued by simultaneously was the idea of that, just putting on that Erg show as like one of the first things. The best, the best story. Uh, which I love is a great story, story. So much. <laughs> but that like speaks so, to like how much you know, like you want to be involved like you want to do this right like punk punk is almost demanding of you that you do this that you help out that you find a way and like you know from the sounds of it tony just like loved this music and wanted to contribute but like i can relate definitely can relate when you think you're doing a great job putting the show together and then the show comes and there's you know luckily more than five people there but still like no one there <laughs> um, the other thing I found funny about that is from a band perspective of which I do not have as much experience as you do uh, but you're, those shows will, those shows always happen oh, like, always happen. Yeah. Every, everyone in a band has experienced that show in this kind of capacity I, I would say and uh, yeah, so it's just very funny I don't know I'm just so happy that I know a couple people from the Ergs and I can now relate this story to them and, uh, <laughs> and, and make this connection re rehappen. I like it. There's something about this show and connecting people, uh, you know, like reconnecting people again after all these years, you know, the aforementioned MVP was Zach Blair or now fat Tony with the Ergs. If you do that and and even more comes out, it would, would be even funnier. But yeah, it's just, it's cool anyway. It's just a cool story. But you're right. That exuberance of youth wanting to just do anything to make it happen or whatever and, and, and see it or be a part of it. Yeah, that's, you know, very relatable when you're interested at the get-go. What was the first show you ever did? Did you put on a show? Um, The only show I think I've ever put on was not early on. I don't think I've ever put on another show beyond this one, weirdly enough. And it was not early on, but it was a crew suicide show. Um, so it, it doesn't really paint paint the same picture as what we're describing. But yeah, I never did the early show thing because there was no one to really do it here. Like, like there was, you know, it wasn't that kind of a, a vibe. And I, I never. I never thought, like, I never had the money to pay people. <laughs> I just always thought, like, okay, well, I couldn't do that because I have no money. But, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> one time I put on a going away party for myself. Um, <laughs> originally 97A was supposed to play, but Mike wow. didn't, didn't book him to play in the end. I forget why they couldn't play. I always blame Mike, but I don't think it was really his fault. And, uh, yeah, so 97A was supposed to play. But they didn't. So it ended up being overtime. And I can't remember. It might have been a girl named Conspiracy. I'm trying to remember the band that we borrowed all the gear of. And then we just went downstairs and played a show for ourselves. And then they went downstairs. 
and played a show for themselves on their own gear. And that was the show. <laughs> See, that's more in, 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 uh, in the tradition of what we're, what we're touching on. Yeah. Mine was just, you know, like they needed to come, they had some, whatever they needed to show between, I don't know, I think going across the border. And, so we just did one here on the way, but yeah, it was a different capacity. Mike and I um, had this other band called Don Louis that was pre Mike did so many shows that no one came to like, there's like yeah, oh, yeah. a spectacular run of shows. But I remember this one was Don Louis. One of our only shows was opening for Panthro UK United 13. Um, do you remember that band? No, they were on no idea. They kind of like, kind of like hot water music vibe kind of stuff. Okay. Like not saying they sound like hot water music, but if I was going to like put them next to a band, that's where I would put them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think three people paid. <laughs> See, the funny thing, though, like, in hindsight, these these stories are funny and you always, like, not always, but, you know, you people tend to have these ones. But from what I remember of the Mike shows when I first started to be aware of them, I think the ones that he was still doing, um, like it, it's the you know it's it's the journey. Like he, yeah, these things you're talking about happened, but you know I remember him doing excellent shows later. So, oh, and, and these were like you know, it's not Mike's fault that no one yeah. no one knew about Darkest Hour, and then no one knew about yo. How's this for a show? Uh, I think it was. I it, it might have been it was a pre career suicide band so it, I think it was um uh fuck what were board they board of education or I think it was Jonah. I think it was board of education submission hold and darkest hour in the basement of who's that wow wow yeah might have been five people yeah but yeah those were weird years though like if you're getting those bands at that time oh absolutely like that's like darkest hour now is is you know, legitimately respected amongst heavy metal fans kind of the world over. But at that point they were just like a DIY hardcore band playing a DIY all ages based on a weeknight. Yeah. They even, they were, uh, they were road heavy then too. Like I saw them in my area, which is what's like when bands came through, I don't think it was as early as what you're discussing, but not there, not long thereafter. Yeah. This would have been like 98, I think 99. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might, it might have been the same tour, but either way, if you're getting that in these years, I mean, that's <laughs> that's insane. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if if you're playing where I live anyway, in these years where it wasn't popping off at all, yeah. that's like some serious commitment. Yeah, no, and it was, and it was, and there were a, like a lot of shows like that. So uh, I never mailed flyers, though. I think that's like <laughs> you must have spent a fucking hilarious. fortune in postage. Yeah, that would be, and that's even funnier because again, when you don't, <laughs> like it's the yeah, that wasn't wise. It was wise, it was clever, but it wasn't wise. If that makes any sense, it was awesome. But it's just like, you know, it's just like yeah, like how do you get this information to people? Like if you don't know that all these people are going to go to a record store, you don't know where all these friends are going to be. You know, why not mail them a flyer? True. And I gotta Very say, true. if I had a flyer show up in the middle of summer at my house. You goddamn right! I would have been to that show. <laughs> you would have been for sure. Yeah, Fat yes. Tony, you would have had six people at your show. <laughs> uh, but it was, 
yeah, like that definitely is my favorite first or second show, first punk show experience story. It is. It's quite good. And I just like that, you know, I, when he was beginning to talk about it, I thought, oh, this is okay. And then it, you know, it, it goes south as far as what happens, <laughs> um, which is also very relatable. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just, yeah, it has all the check marks of the of the first awkward experiences when you get into these sorts of weird things. Yeah, no, definitely. And what about the first show being MF Doom? Yeah, that that's kind of wild because I didn't realize it, but it was opening for Talib Kweli sets, right? I think. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty uh, to see that as your first, like, you know, like rap, sh- like hip hop show too. It's kind of wild. Like that's actually a good, a good band too. Um, especially in those years, like if, if it's the era, I believe he's speaking of, um, yeah, I don't, it, it is a, it's very cool, but it's a strange choice that of all the, the things in the world you would catch first would be that. But it's, yeah, it's cool as hell. Mm-hmm. I've still never seen Doom live ever in any capacity. Um, Yeah, like I've never, oh, that's not true. I did see him live, but I'm pretty sure it was a fake Doom. <laughs> I love that too, by the way. Yeah, no, it was, concept. it's pretty awesome until you're seeing it. Yeah, but I like that that carries on in traditions of groups who've done. So like you take like man or Astro man or doom or I, I'm sure that there's a few others that I can't think of, but that do that. Like, is it really the band or we're putting the clone band up or I, I, that concept is funny. It's, it's funny that there hasn't been one of those in a while. Yeah, I know. It's definitely, it's, it's weird. It's like, uh, it's, it's due. <laughs> it is due. Yes. I think the problem now is, you know, for the most part, people don't make enough money to have a clone band <laughs> anymore or whatever. I think I think the thing is, you know, people do make so much money, but like the thing is, like, you're so exposed on your Instagram. Maybe that guy Marshmallow. You got to figure that dude's not doing know. everything in his gigs right now. I don't know on that one. I don't know. You know, Marshmallow came in like second place in the Fortnite World Championships. No, no, I do not. He he got beaten by Ninja, I think. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Why do you know this? How do you expect me to? Do this? Uh, Chris, because I'm trying desperately to stay in touch with the youth. <laughs> do you know this because of your children? No, no, they don't even know about this stuff. I'm just trying to stay one step ahead of them. <laughs> That's even funnier. Yeah, yeah. I've got when to... you say he lost to Ninja, are you speaking of like? Like, is this a screen name of somebody? Like, I should know who this is. Um, and well, I think Marshmallow is like famous as a DJ. Marsh. Okay, I don't know offhand. But Mellow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Marshmallow. Um, and then like, Alone is the big hit. And then do not know this. Okay, Silence, which also features Khaled. Wow, okay. So, okay, he's on that Ooh. level then. But yeah, I, I don't know this. No. I'm going to listen to this song. I'm going to listen to Ad. Three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> well, Chris, you obviously are not one of the 874 million plays that this thing has had. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> wow. Well. 
right, like, where do we go? It's just like shit house. It's like shitty house music. Yeah, but this guy wears a mask. Have you seen this guy? Well, I'll look him up now, but no, I'm not familiar with this. Okay. Well, this is actually not too bad. Oh, and also that performer, Sia. You know? Yeah, I'm familiar with that. In, in a That's someone else. Who could, name, you could have know. someone yeah. come in and be Sia fake. You could be like Sia. There's no way Sia has to be Sia performing. Well, maybe Sia's revealed uh, her face now because, like, I'm looking now and there's like a lot of face shots on Instagram. Not yeah, Instagram on I'm on YouTube, I should say. I don't know. You got me there too. I definitely don't know. I've never seen Marshmallow. Wasn't but yeah, Sia the? The, the whole gimmick was Sia used to ha- cover her face the whole time. I think, yeah. It's the only photos I ever saw was some with their hair and their face, and it just looked strange. Yeah. That's why it committed it to memory. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next point. But, yeah. Masked, masked groups with uh, people, uh, whatever, as their imposters or groups, like clone groups is definitely a, a long-due concept. It's um, a dream. It's a dream for me. <laughs> um what point did you want to go on next was that you or me i don't know <laughs> you, you were you were in a clone band in the video that is true that did happen once yeah, yeah good point you are in the, bring it around yeah you're in a hit much music video chris i don't know if that's is, Yo, is one that of us was in a number one much music countdown video and it's not me I don't know if it was, was it? I think I it was. Know. I think that was a popular, that was like when, I think that was like the beginning of like the, you know, that wasn't the beginning. That was like the third video. They had three incredibly strong videos in a row. Yeah. I don't, like Stone Fires who we're talking about. I probably. don't remember where they ranked, but yeah. And the first one was, oh no, they had four, five. They, all the early videos are crazy. It's like first video was them playing in that room and it just is like a tracking shot through the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great video. Mm-hmm. Second video was them playing on Toronto Island with a bunch of kids. Mm, I don't think you're correct there, but I could be wrong. And then it was the gang video. The one out- I, there's a, there's a gang video I was in and then there's a one that you're talking about. With, you're in the gang uh, video too. Yeah, and I mean, there's a clone band video one, and that one I'm into. Yeah, and then there's also the ambulance video. Yeah, I'm not in that one. That's a, that's actually, if I were to actually say what, vi- like, the first one is, <laughs> this is a huge digression, <laughs> but the first video is very good and kind of iconic in retrospect. The, the um, I don't remember what that song's called, but yeah, the ambulance one is great. I, I genuinely think that is like a, a really great video. I think that's my favorite video they made too. If I'm remembering them all. I liked it because it was like a little rascals episode where the little kids get like in the fire truck and drive the fire truck. Cause they did uh, not, I think they didn't look old enough I to think, be driving an ambulance. No, but I think it was only, isn't it mainly George or are they all in it? I can't remember. I think they're all I George and Wade are both in the ambulance. Okay, okay, I have a bad I'm... recollection of it, but yeah, they, they probably are. I just remember vividly our our, our lovely friend George in it for the most part. But um, I think your video you're in is better than that video. 
I don't like. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any opinion. I'm in it. I don't care. Like, doesn't matter yeah, to me. It's a funny it ass fun. video. It's a really funny video. <laughs> like, well, yeah, they're fun. The There's that scene were... where you go up to Dallas and you pat him on the shoulder. Yeah, true. And you're trying to eat like this him. True. This is true. And it, it, it's uh, you know, punk footnote. Yeah, I'm wearing a crew suicide shirt. Yeah, you got career and, suicide uh, on much there. Congratulations! Just like your fucking heart attack yeah. cover, you got career suicide on the much music before you got fucked <laughs> on much music. Well, I will tell you, I didn't, I didn't like like thoroughly think about it. I just happened to wear that shirt, but I recall your T-shirt being worn prominently by a future band member of of fucked up in a what was that? I want to say it was either a hundred million, the, the trouble charger video. Okay, I was going to say it was an Avril video, but I think she's in it. But Avril Lavigne's yeah. in it. Like, that's like truly yeah. one of the most iconic videos of our time. That video <laughs> features members of Gob, members of Swollen Member, yes. Avril Lavigne, and, yeah. um, and members of Sum 41. And Ben, who's the only one that yeah. matters in that and whole thing. But yeah. And yeah. Damien eating craft services. You're in that video? No, I didn't. I don't. Oh, think you I, were just behind. Okay. You might see my head, back of my head because I think we went out to be in front of the camera for like one second before we went back to the band holding area and ate more craft services. <laughs> okay. Either way, yeah. Yeah, there were, we we uh, because we were with Ben, we treated ourselves like, like uh, we were all on camera that day. <laughs> we did not hang out with the rest of the extras. Was it? No. No, no. But it was cool. I met Avril Lavigne that day. Nice. I think I met her again a couple of years ago at the Much Music Video Awards. Yeah. Uh, shocker. Did not remember. <laughs> she didn't. You you mentioned you'd met and yeah, I'm like, she I'm didn't like, remember. Like, yeah, she's like nice to oh, meet you. Didn't like, oh. No, no, I definitely remembered. No, no, yeah. she she did not remember. Like, <laughs> I thought you had a shovel <laughs> charger video like ten years before this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> what is your point? I don't Next know, talking Chris. point on this issue. I don't know where, where's my talking episode. point. I'm 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 high. You're the one who's meant okay. to be the ship on course. I'm the one who's meant to be. I'm trying. You're, you're the play by play. Really I'm the color man. Uh, what was going to mention here? I don't have any idea who Thirty Foot Fall is. I found it very amusing that you were so keen on it. I don't what? Why <laughs> you never heard Kids of Junior High Unite? No. Do you know the Punk Bites comp, Chris? Uh, the name sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember. I'll look it up right now. Yeah. And here's, here's also, this is going to lead to another major digression, but our mutual friend, Maddie Matheson is the person that finally gave me the seven inch of this song. When I went to his house, really? for some fucking reason, he had this seven inch. Hmm. It's like seven inch that was I, limited to 500 copies that came out like years ago in in uh oh sorry it came out i think there's a thing there's a thousand copies came out in uh texas maddie for some reason has a copy of it nice well uh this comp i vaguely remember the, the cover of but no i never had this oh this song's um, fucking awesome but yeah i see the song now that you're referring to i don't know it though and nor do i know this band okay um there's, so it is very amusing how keen on that you were. <laughs> I love this song so much. Like it is like really when I think back to you know, and I, I got some other thirty foot fall records when I was younger. I don't know if they 
were quite. Do you have that seven inch, or you just said you did? Pardon me. Yeah, Maddie. Maddie gave me the seven inch finally. Yeah, yeah, that one. And I was gotcha. so yeah. grateful. That was also the same day, Chris, that at Maddie's house, he's like, "Yeah, I'm thinking of selling all my records." And I'm like, "Oh yeah," like he's like, and he was like telling me how much he was going to get for them, and I'm like, "I bet you I can pull out more than that right now in your record collection." And he's like, "Oh yeah," and then the first thing I pull out, twenty four hour party people test press. Wow, the Happy Mondays band, you know, yeah, Happy Monday yeah. single, uh, yeah. test press of the seven inch, huh? It's like a two hundred fifty dollar record. I'm like, how the? F- <laughs> where'd you get this? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like how only he right? And then the next record I pull is the thirty foot fall seven inch and stuff. <laughs> what a pairing! I know, I'm like, what the hell's up with your record collection? It's crazy. So, yeah, I convinced him not to sell his records. For then, he might have sold yeah. them since then. The uh, the tracks on this are wild, like on this seven inch. Yeah, the seven titles. Inch, yeah, there's some pretty ridiculous songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I ride yeah. for every thirty foot fall song or decision. Yeah, uh, but I definitely do ride for Junior High sucked. <laughs> I'll tell you what else sucks: the cover art. <laughs> cover art is the worst. Yeah, the cover art is like. It's like uh, uh, unwritten law. <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a metric which this show has now officially uh, made official. <laughs> but like the, the 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 difference is this is on like a DIY label. You know? Yeah. If it was on a major label and it was unwritten law <laughs> bad, then I would be like, okay, I really want to get the first seven inch of this band too. <laughs> this thirty foot fall band. Yeah. Yeah. The very first one. This might be a hard track. Hard one to track down. Yeah. I what think it's it? funny that they're both themed based on school issues. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that's why I rode so hard for the single because I was just finished junior high, and I was like, "Yeah, it did suck." <laughs> oh boy. All right. So thirty foot fall. Uh, what else do we want to touch on here? What do you got? Uh, one second. Uh, I was trying to find 30 foot fall on YouTube, but I will close that window. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I kind of also wanted to talk about, uh, MERS. Uh, were, okay. you a fan, were you a fan of MERS? Remember the name vaguely. Uh, I probably heard some of it in passing, but no, I never, I never specifically got into it. I was actually just trying to look that up because I thought. I'm just trying to remember some of these records. The I, I got um, like I only I got it in kind of like when I was going through the MERS discography. I thought I was in way earlier than I was. Uh, MERS, of course, yeah. stands for making underground raw shit, and uh, but I got in on that end of the beginning record. Which yeah, is, same with me. That's the only one I really know, and I think maybe Murray's Revenge, the one with Ninth Wonder and Sweet Lord, is uh, are pretty awesome. Uh, Mercer President, yeah, I remember. I there's a lot of stuff looking at this now. I'm like, I would have been into, but yeah, I never got, I never really that the end of the beginning, like you, is I think a record I probably heard at least something off because I remember that cover. But the uh, the the Ninth Wonder is cool. That's I like Ninth Wonder, so that would be a record I want to hear. Yeah, no, the Mers, the end of the beginning, I love when it, this came out. I was a huge fan of this record. Uh, it had some amazing uh, guest spots on it, 
but probably the one that was the most exciting for me was Humpty Hump and Shock G being on Risky Business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. man, he's got a lot of stuff. Holy, I never realized how extensive his catalog was. Yeah. He's got a lot of Ninth Wonder collaborations. Okay. Then huh. that song, The Dance, the one with LP, is one of my favorite LP productions. It's just, it's kind of, now I kind of see what, uh, um, whatever Fat Fat Tony was talking about, like in terms of like him being a definitive rapper at the time for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just remembered, I thought they, like he had one, two records maybe. I'm looking at this now, I'm like, holy. But I, yeah, and it's probably because of Def Jux I knew of this one even. But yeah, I don't, I never, uh, never really uh immersed myself in this yeah no it's definitely something that requires a uh a much deeper dive than i've done and that's one of the great things that we live in this era now where i can do that tomorrow you know and it won't require me spending (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of dollars in cds um you know it's like amazing now i'm finally appreciating you know what it's like to have all this information at your fingertips and yes i'm an artist and i realize that's the death of my industry but at the same time <laughs> it is it is really fun uh to sit there and make yourself playlists and like do deep dives on artist careers as you <laughs> steal money out of their pockets and <laughs> force them into early retirement <laughs> yeah I, I i know what you're uh i don't i haven't like i'm not on any of the the streaming services you refer to but uh i do know what you're saying yes it is a luxury that uh I just think because, like, yeah, the only way you're going to experience a lot of this stuff is via that now, if yeah. we're being real. Yeah, and it happens like – but it's it's very weird, right? Like it's a, it's a very – it's a weird thing to kind of have at your disposal because like if you want to check out something that you don't even like, right, you just like want to check it out to see what it's about, you're, you're monetizing that for that artist, right? So – I don't yeah. know. It's, it's a weird thing because everything you do on there, you know, ultimately that's how these artists are going to get paid off it. So I don't mm-hmm. it's, it's very, it's, but it, that being said, like, you know, for every Takashi six, nine track that I listen to just to check out what it's like, I'm also able to do deep dives on other people and stuff like that. So, you know, and Chris, you're missing out on the turn of punk playlist. <laughs> for the time being, I've seen them like, Whatever, like, yeah, I've seen them amongst you guys talking about them. But, yeah, you're right. I have not experienced them in real time, if you will. You would be you would be very up to date with all these artists now. I couldn't find Blackie, who's the artist that he also refers to that was a huge influence on him. And then someone else has hit me up subsequently in a comment on one of my posts about the show and was like, oh, Blackie's amazing. And I'm trying to find information about him, and I can't find anything. So I'm going to try and get some more information then maybe we'll have that in a future footnotes episode because <clears throat> sounds like a really, you know, awesome performer. And yeah, no, I don't, I don't know that either. Yeah. Um, we need to check out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, your point, Chris. Well, uh, let me see if there was anything left that I had to unearth here. The atmosphere and MERS thing, coincidentally, both those I, I'm not, I, again, I've heard things in passing, but never a, a great amount. Um, what else? The the bikini kill love I was very like completely blindsided by, but but it was very into. Um, 
<laughs> and playing on a so he played on a softball team with Kate Hanna. Yeah. That's amazing. Pretty awesome. <laughs> um but the uh yeah, I don't know. I'm good like there's some other points, like you mentioned the jawbreaker thing or tribal quest, like there's little hallmarks, but I don't there's nothing that jumps out to me if unless you had something you want to go on. Um well uh no, I think we can call it a night. This has been a pretty long episode already. As is, I like, I do, I do think, uh, that, you know, the jawbreaker thing is indicative of like what kind of music head fat Tony is that he's like, you know, the turn out a punk, the exact turn out a punk kind of fan we want, you know, which is uh, a deep head, you know, someone that really loves, loves this music and is prepared to like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited, uh, that this episode got to happen. Because he's someone I'm a big fan of for a long time. Well, I just think, yeah, I think this is kind of your bread and butter as far as unearthing people that, and again, it's not a passing interest. Like it's a, it's a very engaged interest, which is revealed amongst that interview. So yeah, it was cool to hear. Yeah, no, he's definitely, uh, definitely like someone who's a deep head and, and yeah, someone that I can't wait to have back on the show talk about more because he's right. been sending me like other stuff like porch of the past he's like oh i forgot to talk about these guys it's like man like where were you deep diving for information about music like it seems like <laughs> uh definitely like real wide-ranging kind of in interest and influences especially in the punk rock sphere uh right. so fat tony will be on again i also gotta say though chris i don't know if i've been telling you but i've been kind of like uh, I guess cheating on you is the best way to put it. Uh, I've been on an, a co-host on another <laughs> podcast. Uh, my good so friend funny. and sh- friend of Turned Out of Punk MVP's podcast. Uh, I was mm-hmm. help- helping him out co-host for the last few weeks. Well, he has decided to wrap that podcast up and call it a day. Uh, okay. So Why we is did that. Uh, he 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 wants to take a break from it for a while and uh, yeah, you sure know, enough. and maybe figure out some new options for what he's going to do with podcast if he wants to do another podcast you know uh but we did one last final episode and i strongly recommend you check it out santino morella's on it uh grado from the uh infamous scottish wrestling wrestler documentary that vice put out way back when uh and also uh tribe called reds there as well and it's a and myself of course and it's a fun hang and yes thank you to mvp for including me in the last few episodes of the show it was an honor to get to be on that because I love that podcast, you know, and, and I had a real fun time getting to be part of it towards the end. But check out this last final episode. Yeah, cool. I'll check it out. Uh, and uh, is there anything else, Chris? Not for me. I'm good. All right. And uh, how do they get in touch with us here again? Turned out a punk footnotes at gmail.com. All right. Well, I was celebrating legalization because legalization passed today. <laughs> uh, I got a couple dabs in there. And uh, we went some weird places tonight, Chris. This is a weird one. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. All right. You can uh, find me on various forms of social media at Left for Damien, and I will see you next week.